Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Be A Real Gamer podcast. Uh, we're live here. Uh, I'm Donnie. We're with uh, Chris. And, we're, of Hi. course, we have Alex, as Hi. always. Um, so, you know, some really exciting stuff uh, this week, guys. What do you guys think? I'm pretty pumped um, about the uh, the GTX 690 and uh, the Average Relief, that release, and yeah. AMD's price drop on the GPUs. Yeah, no, a lot of stuff happened this week, especially in gaming. You know, the uh, yesterday they, uh, I believe it was yesterday, they released the Battlefield. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yesterday they released the Black Ops 2 uh, trailer. The Battlefield came out like uh, about four or five days ago. Yeah, the Battlefield uh, close Qu- Battlefield 3 close quarters map pack trailer was uh, released like four or five days ago. So, you know, pretty pretty cool stuff. We'll be uh, we'll be talking about all that. Um, but you know, other than that, uh, how was your guys? Uh, you know, what is today? Thursday. So how was your guys Thursday? That's it's totally a Thursday. normal question. How was your Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty terrible. I don't know. It was boring. Wait a second. No, no. It's Wednesday. What am I talking about? It, I just realized we record now. this. We record these things pretty late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. None of us ever have time boring. during the day to record. Wednesday was very boring. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday was pretty boring for me, too. I think I just pretty much played Battlefield 3 all day. Yeah, I... I made practice yeah, at like 7 quiet, o'clock, actually. so that was it. What about you, Chris? I'm saying mine is pretty quiet, too. I mean, we're doing a, a tech podcast. We're not supposed to have great socialize and go out clubbing and all that, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Who clubs on a Wednesday, anyway, really? Yeah. Chris, <laughs> you must not go to clubs, because Wednesday is, like, the worst day to I go. I don't. Well, it's it depends on where you're at. Sometimes Wednesday is lady, ladies' night. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you're the fly, man. I would know, right? Not really. (laughs) Um, So anyway, you know, just uh, rolling right into it. Uh, This week, um, you know, big deal. Ivy Bridge is here. Everyone's been waiting for it. You know, I can't count how many people I've uh, I've read, how many forums I've read on the internet of people saying, you know, going to build my new rig just waiting for Ivy Bridge. So now that it's here, there's a couple you know, people we even know that wouldn't build the rig until Ivy Ridge came out. A few people I know, yeah. Uh, but you know, now that it's here, what do you guys think? What did you know? I'm sure you guys have time to read the read the reviews and the benchmarks, check out the prices. I mean, from what I've read, it seems like it's a slight improvement over Sandy Bridge. Not a big deal. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have waited. I would have just built the rig. Pretty much what I see. The only thing I can see here is that it seems to be. Slightly more efficient than uh, Sandy Bridge. Uh, a yeah, little if bit you're faster. It stock, it's more power efficient, but you know m- most of us are overclockers, so we're gonna turn all that stuff off. Uh, yeah, it's my understanding that um, there it, it, it's it's a little faster, but the most I think the area that received the most improvement was the, actually the integrated graphics. Intel really wanted to try to push their integrated graphics on this one and really try to get somewhere near. What AMD is doing with their integrated graphics, and they've gotten closer. I mean, they're a little more. The HD 4000 is more respectable. The numbers I've seen, you know, it's able to play some games. Um, it's, but I mean, honestly, anyone who's buying a 3770K really isn't depending on the integrated graphics solution. Like what? Like what can it play? I, you know what? Let's see here. Um, I'm really curious because 
AMD is killing them with their integrated graphics. And they have yeah, forever. I mean, That's uh, a real selling point. So let's see these numbers. Um, gaming performance... No, 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 no. Let's see. The stuff that I read was just synthetic benches, which, you know... Uh. Yeah, um, that's pretty much what I read most of the time, too. Uh, but I believe there was one where it was running... Um, uh, what's that game? Uh, Skyrim. Skyrim. Like on low? I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I seen it like running at like 24 frames per second or something, which okay. was an up from like 21 on the 2600K. Yeah. I, uh, I hate so to go against I... it and like really bash them, but um, you know the dual core uh, laptop Lano, the the A4. Yeah. Yeah, it can play Skyrim. 30 frames per second. Um, excuse me, it's like 20-something on high at 720p. Yeah, most people can run Skyrim on ultra settings. Hi. Uh, you got me and... But what I'm asking is, what would, <laughs> why would you wait to go out and buy this instead because people of think it's gonna be a, People think it's going to be a huge increase in performance. It's a slight increase. So like, like what, what, a 5-10% increase? From, here's what I'm going to say. If you're in the market for a CPU right now, right this moment, you've got between 250 and 350 to spend on a CPU, get the 3570K or the 3770K. However, um, if you currently are a Sandy Bridge user, if you have Sandy Bridge, do not upgrade to Ivy Bridge. There's no reason to do it. It is not what I would call a true upgrade. There really isn't enough benefit to me to see for you to swap out your CPU just for so, slight increases. It's, it's really kind of like the, uh, the iPad 2 from the iPad 3. It's not a huge deal. It's a slight improvement. Right, I mean, if you're running a Core i3, if you've got a Core 2 Duo, a Core 2 Quad, maybe if you've got a 920 or a 950, something like that, you know, old Nehelms, you know, consider upgrading to one of these. But if you've already got a Sandy Bridge, I don't think it's worth it. That didn't happen. This, none of that just happened. What do you mean? Th- those sounds, they didn't happen. <laughs> the phone ringing? No. Yeah, that, that awesome ringtone did not happen. Um, yeah, I, it's I like, should probably put my phone on vibrate in situations. That, that's a good idea. Um, it's like, I mean, I wouldn't have waited like two or three months for this upgrade. Yeah, a lot of people I know were actually waiting two or three months to build a new rig for this CPU, and it's like, I don't know why. I I couldn't wait. I mean, I, I mean, could see if it was like a Sandy Bridge style complete, you know, new architecture, thirty percent architecture but increase, not, and it's killing it. It's not a brand new architecture though. It's a die shrink of the current architecture. And it's so, more efficient. It's faster. It's got some new instruction sets. I mean, so instead of thirty-two doesn't, nanometer, doesn't it's twenty-two warrant, nanometer. But it it's just not doesn't warrant a full upgrade. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, it doesn't. Not, exactly. No, it doesn't. It's not the jump from Nehelm to Sandy Bridge. It's not. It's not the jump from the 950, 920 to the, you know, the 2600K, 2500K. It's not. Now, me personally, I, I bought a, you know, you guys know I built a new, uh, a rig probably about a month ago, not even a few weeks ago. And I actually went with the, with the Sandy Bridge E series, but I wanted the enthusiast platform for the extra PCI lanes and such. So I'm running a 3820. 
Um, that is still, in my opinion, a good option if you're looking for a new CPU. That's this. That is a good alternative to yeah, the 3770K. If, you're, if you're, you're looking, looking to build, CPU. like, from I guess like 1200 and above, think about the Sandy Bridge platform. Because you I mean, do have to buy a CPU cooler, you do. But if you're going to overclock, you're going to do that anyways. The thing about the 3820 is it does have a multiplier that's locked at um, X42, so you can't go higher than that. But, you know, you, I mean, I've There's still seen people... There's workarounds to it to get I've to, like, 4.85 gigahertz. But yeah, I've still seen people bring them up to 5 gigahertz with proper cooling. It still gets there. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to overclock, but you still get... You still achieve those same results that you would... Um, the only main difference is with this CPU, you have the quad-channel memory controller and the um, 40 PCI lanes versus uh, Sandy Bridge and um, Ivy Bridge's um, 16 PCI lanes. So you can actually run dual X16 rather than uh, splitting those PCI lanes if you're doing Crossfire SLI and getting dual X8. So It's better if you want to do a high-end gaming machine, stuff like that, quad-channel memory. You You want to really go all the way with the system. But, I mean, on, on the flip side, though, the 3770K does have P, uh, PCI Express 3.0, so if you don't see yourself running dual graphics cards in the future and needing those extra PCI lanes and stuff like that, then you probably just want to go with one of those. You know, overclock yourself to, you know, 5.85 million gigahertz and grab yourself a 680 or something like that. I'm or getting a little ahead of ourselves right here. I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves right here, but... Uh... When you do your overclock, you'll throw up a tutorial for these guys, right? When I do my overclock on my CPU, currently I'm running at stock speeds. I know that's unheard of, but as of right now, I just wasn't ready to do it. I don't see the need, um, but in, in the near future, I'm going to be overclocking, and I will throw up a tutorial on how to overclock my CPU, which is not the same method as overclocking a 2500 or 2600K or the new Ivy Bridge GPUs. Those yeah, are I much should easier. probably do a tutorial on mine, because I'm up to 4.3 gigahertz. Now. Yeah, because you're running the FX6100. Um, so, I'm sure a lot of people are probably interested in seeing how you got that up to 4.3. Not that hard to get there, but no, you're on a $30 cooler. I think you got your cooler for $20. So, I mean, yeah. pretty impressive to me to be not even going over 52 degrees Celsius on full load and being overclocked to 4.3 gigahertz on a $20 cooler for a CPU that, as of right now, costs about 130 to 140 depending on where you buy it. Yeah, it's, it's a really solid processor. I mean, if you want to do gaming and have a little bit of, you know, future-proofing, if you I don't mean, need to be super high-end, like, you know, I said, it's $130. I popped yeah. in a 6950, and, you know, I could be gaming for the next two years, you know, really well. And even when I do pop in a new graphics card, I have six, uh, I have six cores, so, it's not a really old architecture, like, if I went and bought an i3. Right, I mean, you've got all the new, um, what you call it, um... Well, the i3 has hyper-threading, they say. Actually, the i3s don't have hyper-threading. That's... Some of them, I think one or two of them do, but most of the i3s and i5s are actually, uh, don't have (laughs) hyper-threading. Um, but moving on anyways, uh, NVIDIA announced the 690, their dual GPU flagship now. Yeah, uh, pretty big deal. Um, GTX 690, uh, I believe the, um, in total it has, the 690 has 3,072 CUDA cores, 
running at 915 MHz base clock and 1019 MHz boost clock. That's both of those are slightly reduced from the values of the uh, this the GTX six, the standard GTX 680 card, which is kind of standard when you get a dual GPU card. Right, because you're fitting two of those GPU dies on a single PCB. You're gonna get some over some under some slight underclocks. But to be honest with you, it it all it looks like it's gonna be running fairly cool. I mean that the standard reference cooler they have on there looks really nice. It looks um, badass. I'm just gonna say it. it looks yeah, badass. It's the nicest reference cooler I've ever seen. The only thing I don't really understand though is the price point of a thousand dollars. For me, if you have a thousand dollars to spend on graphics. You probably want to just go ahead and get two 680s and run those in SLI. Unless you want um, to do like, um, like, like try, excuse me, try SLI or quad SLI, and you just pop um, two of those in. If you want to do sense. quad SLI, you could definitely get two of these. If it's anything like the 580 and the 590 was, you can get one of these and one 680 and run tr- uh, triple SLI setup. Um, I haven't seen them confirm or deny that. But I didn't really check into it. But I'm sure if you Google it, you could find out. Like, um, I mean, I've seen some people argue the point of they'd rather have this card than Crossfire two six eighties because it's single GPU. It's not a single GPU. There's two GPUs. It's two GPUs on one board, and in some cases that can actually get hotter because you have the PCB having to withstand the two GPUs. If people get the thing of well, case temperature and Bad SLI drivers well, this, and blah blah blah. It's still two graphics cards. It's still well, it's it's integrated crossfire. This they, is a reference SLI. This is a reference card. So, and if you're running with reference cards, which that's the only thing you can get to get with a 680 right now, um, the GPU shouldn't increase the overall case temperature too much because the way the reference coolers work is they're going to be trying to push air out of the case through the vents instead of which. Um, the non-reference coolers actually succeed in cooling the GPU itself better, but they add more heat to your case because they blow that heat out into the case. Um, which, yeah, like if you've got a good airflow... Um, it, it keeps the card way cooler than the reference model, mm-hmm. but I do have a overall like uh, case temperature increase in like 4 or 5 Celsius. Yeah, but I mean, my, if, you, if you do have a case with good cooling... It's uh, not an issue. It's not it's that non-issue. big of an issue, um, but it is. It's just it's something to consider. Which when, realistically, I mean, if you're building a gaming machine, you know, you should be able to give sixty, eighty bucks on a decent cool, uh, on a decent case. You know, I mean, well, it, yeah, you're gonna think about cooling and all that anyway. But this thing is drawing so much power that it's it's gonna heat up everything else just to keep itself running. Like, is that what you're getting at? Um, a, I mean, not really. The amount of power it draws is a lot, but not nearly as much as the 590 was drawing. So in that case, yeah, the 590 was fairly, just. I'd imagine, I'd imagine it's actually fairly efficient. Um, there are no numbers on it yet. I don't think. Um, I haven't seen any. Uh, just because it was just announced, I don't know if they sent out any review units. Um, well, they gave one guy the first one for free. Yeah, that was, was a PR enthusiastic thing. enough. Maybe he put up some numbers then. <laughs> but um put some very very favorable numbers up. But Kepler Kepler in general is uh is much more power efficient than um the last generation um it, it's Fermi. much more efficient than everything. Kepler is amazing. I'm gonna I'm just gonna shut up because I'm a AMD fanboy. It's killing everything. It's amazing. Yeah. It it is pretty amazing. I mean 
I really like my 680 a lot. Uh, if, but my advice to anybody, if you have a thousand dollars to spend on graphics, just get two 680s. I mean, you, there's no reason to wait for the 690 to release, and you will get more performance out of games that are going to be using that kind of power anyway. I mean, realistically, uh, if you're going to spend a thousand dollars on graphics, you should have a power supply that could handle two of them, and secondly, you should have a motherboard that has crossfire in it. There's, there's no reason that you shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, in my case, I have an 850-watt power supply, and um, my X79 motherboard can handle two of them at X16. So I can actually I, handle three, but one, the third one would be at X8. I mean, i got a 750-watt, and I'm just going, you know, with one card right now. But I might put a second one in. And I get an overclock on my car, on my processor, so. Power is important. That's something we kinda stress here. You get a good power supply, and a little bit more than you need. Honestly, you if you can afford to spend 500 and a, and a thousand dollars on graphics, you should be able to afford to spend anywhere from 100 to 160 dollars on a PSU. Exactly. Exactly. That is solid, you know? Um. Moving on though, what's the deal with this, um, with the GeForce experience thing? Yeah, that's another... It's basically really, like a supercomputer that that um, yeah, will it's, fix the graphics settings an, to how your card should run them. Yeah, it's a um, it's a cloud computing service by NVIDIA. That's basically called the GeForce Experience. And what it does is um, it automatically downloads the drivers and profiles based on your hardware and what game you want to run and fine-tunes the game's settings, visual settings to give you the best um, performance and visual experience with your hardware. Instead of ha- you having to do it yourself, basically, and go in there and change every setting and parameter, it Which does is it tedious, on itself. But, I mean, as a PC gamer, you should be doing, but it is tedious. There's yeah, I mean, NVIDIA pulled up some figures here saying that I think they said four out of five PC gamers actually run their games at default settings. So that means they're getting <laughs> a, um, a subpar experience. I don't know I how true those numbers are, but I mean, I'm sure that NVIDIA did it's, their research because they wouldn't be putting money into this when it's technically going to be a free service for anyone who has GeForce GPUs. Yeah. I don't think they'd be putting money into something that they didn't think deemed that, that was actually necessary. I mean, what I think is great for it, I think it's a great reference when you're playing a game on your card. This way you look at it and you go, this is what NVIDIA thinks I should run it at. But I kind of like the graphics to be a little bit high, a little bit, um, the anti-aliasing seem to be a little bit heavier. Or maybe, I like the game to run just a little bit faster. I mean, yeah, but those, but for the most part, and I, I honestly, I know how to fine tune the settings, and I still could see myself using a utility like this, just because sometimes I just want to be able to play the game, and I don't want to spend 35 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like when I'm at Battlefield, do you think I'm I really wanted to tune everything? I wanted to play the game. I'm just wondering right. how long it's going to take to fine-tune everything. Because let's say, all right, I'm playing Skyrim. Depending. Tune. And then, you know, Alex will call me up and be like, hey, get on Battlefield. And I'll, let me tune it up to Battlefield. I'll well, be on here's in the thing. Hour. You don't have to do it every single time. And it's no, your settings are saved. It's, you know, you get, you you buy the game, you go through your settings, and, you know, you, you fine-tune them. Unless but you're having hardware issues, you shouldn't really with- mess with them. With a car, but with an application like this, instead of you having to go ahead and go into options and setting your resolution and your anti-aliasing texture quality, quality, shadows, you just hit water you know, effects, blah, blah, blah. you just hit this GeForce Experience button and boom, it downloads this profile and you're good to go. And it's like, 
this is what's recommended for your system. Right, and it's not like it has a generic recommendation based on just your GPU. It actually scans for your hardware, your motherboard, your CPU, your operating system version, RAM, all those things. It takes all those things into account and then spits out what you should be running and automatically adjusts to that. And adjusts I would assume it would, it would link it up to like similar um, overclocks and stuff like that. I mean, I'm assuming it would take your uh, processor clock into consideration. It should. But that's, uh, that's another story. That, the beta for that actually drops in June. So that looks pretty interesting. I will definitely give a hands-on experience with that once the beta is available. Um, so pretty excited for that. Uh, other than that, really big deal. Coming off of the 690 uh, announcement, AMD actually uh, put a, a price drop uh, across the board on their on their GPUs Which on the 7000. Which you spoke about when we saw how bad the 680 was killing everything else in the benches. Yeah, and I said that there should definitely be a price cut. Um, just I was hoping for the for them to drop the uh, the sixty, the seventy nine, seventy to the price that they called. You know? Yeah, uh, like uh, just for reference, there's actually a um, the I see the average price on the seventy nine seventy now is around four eighty, and for four seventy nine ninety nine, you can get the uh, Sapphire Dual X seventy nine seventy. OC version, that's an overclock version, that's yeah, overclocked nice to between nice 950 and 1000 megahertz, it says. Uh, so, that's pretty nice. Uh, you can also get um, an XFX 7950 for about 400 bucks. Uh, actually, actually, Donnie, um, if you look, I think they're sold out now, though, but there's um, there's some reference cards that are 460? For what? For a... 7970? Yeah, I'm, sh- uh, I'm sure you but can. But that's buy. the overclocked one, and it's like another 10 bucks. I mean, it, you know. Mm-hmm. For those of you guys that are on oh, a budget, you're it. really pushing it. The 7970 is a fantastic card, and, you know, it does have more memory, too. It has that extra gig of memory than the 680, but. The Especially if you're doing multi monitors, it might be a little bit more useful. Um, but it's still getting killed. It's, you know. Yeah. I, if, you, if you want me to be honest, if you want if you want me to be honest, uh, I'm happy that AMD took the initiative and pro- and dropped their prices. But the 7970 still isn't as appealing as the 680, even though it's only even though it's forty or sixty dollars cheaper. Yeah. I, I still think if you can afford four fifty, four sixty on a GPU, you, you should, should be able to get the five hundred up to the other forty bucks. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah, the I mean, 7950 at four hundred looks really appealing because as of yeah. right now. There is exactly. no 670, 660 GPU. They it's, haven't released the 670 and 660. For $400, it's the best thing you'll find, you know? Yeah. Uh, other than that, the 7800 series still looks pretty good. Uh, looks even better now at the price drop. I'm really of, digging uh, it. There's this, there's a Sapphire, um, dual fan, mm-hmm. um, card that is, like, 360. Um, those are one of those high end, you know, double fans, better cooling style, uh, Pretty solid. Looks right. like a weapon. And on the low end like side, weapon, no, the no. seventy, uh, the seventy-seven hundred series. There's actually a seventy-seven seventy. Now you can get one for around one thirty. Um, that's oh, the average we, price I now. I forgot to mention. Um, there's a seventy-eight fifty for two sixty right now. It's the two gig with the dual fans. Yeah, Fantastic and that's basically cards. a die shrink of the sixty-nine fifty. So it's it's a die shrink of my card. You yeah. can overclock it higher than my card. Um, it performs fantastically. 
Um, I can play pretty much everything on Ultra and get about 40, 40 frames, 40 to 80 frames, depending on the game. Yeah. No matter how intensive it is. But, yeah, like I was saying, though, the, uh, the 7770 is 130. That's down from around 160 to 170 that it was at. Um, it, it's a real, it's a real solid looking choice. At 170, and, uh, I couldn't really recommend it to anybody. But at 130, it's not bad. And the 7750 is actually down to about 110 to 115. Um, but that card doesn't actually require a PCI Express connector, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, if you have, if you're one of those guys that, oh, I want a PC game. Hey, this stuff looks cool. I've got this gateway I've got this, computer. Yeah, this gateway, this HP OEM computer that I bought like a year ago. Yeah. Um, I don't want to buy a power supply, or I don't have a good enough power supply, and I don't want to go through all this. You know, you spend 110 bucks and you pop that thing in there, and there's no questions asked. And it runs. I mean, Chris, um, you're what I would call someone who, who doesn't really... You're not really an enthusiast as far as PC hardware and stuff. So, I mean, if you had, you know, just an average desktop and you wanted to just throw in a graphics card, would you be willing to pay $110 for something that, you know, can run Skyrim? Um, it'll run Skyrim, like, on low-medium, you know, at 1080p. Mm-hmm. It depends on my budget. Like, uh, let's say I got 600 bucks, five, 600 whatever. No, so I'm you're saying... Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, and then you tell me you can get there's a graphics card that'll let you run Skyrim. It's 110 bucks. I go, okay, yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> well, the the 7770 um, is better if you're going to build one, since you you know you're probably going to yeah, get a power that, supply. In that case, one. you have the power supply requirement and that stuff. With an OEM, though, a lot of times you only have a 300 to 420 watt power supply. Yeah, it's like, sometimes they don't have PCI Express connectors at all. Um, so. It's like, if you have a few years old desktop that wasn't like, you know, $1,200, $1,500 when you bought it, this card, literally, um, is like kind of the top of where you would go with your setup, you know? Like a lot of people like, you know, I'm tired of playing Xbox, Xbox Live, I'm kind of bored of it, I want to play these PC games. Well, you know, that's your answer right there. 7750. Anything else you gotta start to buy a new power supply, you worry you know. I mean I get I, I get friends of mine all the time asking me, you know, I wanna play PC games, they say, here are my computer specs, I got this gateway whatever, I've got this HP whatever. And I'm I like got well, this Core I three, Core I five, uh, original you know, the first Nihilms. Yeah, and I and I mean and I look it up and Or I this look, Phenom triple core or something. And yeah, and I'll look up their system and I'll be like, Well you've got like a 350 watt power supply. Um, you're gonna need a new power supply if you want a new GPU. And they're gonna be like, well, how much would that cost then? And I'm like, well, I mean, realistically, for a decent GPU and, and power supply, you're gonna be somewhere in the area of 250. They're like, well, I can't really afford that right now. And I'm like, well, then you're not really playing PC games right now. Yeah, and then that pulls people away because it's like 150, 160 for the, for the GPU, you know, maybe 200. And then 60, 80, 60 to 80 bucks for a power supply? It's out of the range. Now, you could probably do a 7770 for like, right under 200. But, it's 200. I mean, in this case, it's 110, 120 at most for a 7750. And it'll and play things, and the performance increase is nice, 
I mean, the performance from the 7770 is better, but not enough to buy a new power supply. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, but moving on, uh, really big news in gaming for most people. Uh, I can't say that I'm ex- that excited about this, because I'm, I'm very jaded in this topic, but... Call of Duty Black Ops 2, the Quick trailer scopes. was announced. Quick scopes. Shh. Um, Pat dog. <laughs> it is, uh, it's gonna be set majorly in the future, I believe, in 2025. Right. Treyarch has said they, that they, uh, they're really excited about this game because they really wanted to make a lot of changes to the multiplayer and stuff like that. Quick question, um, Donnie. I gotta ask <clears> you something. Yes. When you get 11 kills now, do you send off, like, Humanoid dogs? They're like robot dogs? Or what's the deal here? You said robot attack dogs now. You know, that's a good question. <laughs> Those are things I would like to know. Um, I actually seen in the trailer there was what looked like kind of like a, a robotic mini tank that it had like threads on its legs. The drones, you mean, right? Yeah, it had legs. It looked like it, a walker or something. It looked like Metal Gear Rex. Yeah. Okay, I'm not a middle good um, solid player, but I believe I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, I mean, it's like a little mech thing that has a gun on its back, apparently. And I guess the legs will go down and then the treads start working when you want to go off-road or something. I don't know. And I look at it and I'm like, One that's thing. a little ridiculous, but sure, why not? You know what? It's a different take well, on the series. It's not far, as far as it should be, because if I would have put it in the future, I would have put it, you know, 200 years into the future or something. Well, 20 years, I don't know if that's enough. I don't want laser guns and all that. I mean, it's only 13 years in the future. I I kind of agree with the whole near future, 13, 15 years away. It's not totally unbelievable what they're doing. No, it's not. It's it's based in reality. I got a real question for you guys, though. Um, Which of you are really thinking about buying it? Because unless I hear... Really amazing things in the reviews and the, the, you know, the, the time starting before it. I can't see this more as a rental. I gotta be honest with you. The only thing that I really don't see myself buying another Call of Duty game anytime soon. But one thing that really is kind of keeping me away from it, um, is the fact that, and I, I know this might sound weird, I don't understand what type of weapons they're gonna be using. Because it can't be based I, I, on real weapons anymore when you're going that far in the future. What the hell are you going to be using? Like, is it... Uh, I think they mentioned that, uh, you know, your weapons are still going to be... It's a gun, it shoots bullets... It's I realize you're going to be shooting more... bullets. But, I mean, usually they reference, like, the actual models. Like, you get an ACR, and you reference the actual ACR. And, oh. that, and you try to... Well, maybe they reference, like, the M8 and the future assault rifles right. and stuff like that. Do you remember... Um, I don't know how long ago it was. There was that that pistol that could look around corners. Yeah. Okay, I think they referenced that. I really don't like um, that. That that. I mean, that I, might be don't, interesting. Don't get me wrong. That in a game that's tactical, squad based, would be great. But in a game like this, like Call of Duty, it just sounds to me like like Camper's Paradise. Like, okay, I'm gonna be using my <laughs> little scope pistol to see around the corner, so that my, way I never have to give away my position. My flexible pistol. My flexible uh, just sounds wrong. And I, I think it mentioned something about you have like X-ray vision. I'm just you know paraphrasing. X-ray vision. So let me get this straight. Walls. So, so they're ripping off blacklight. Yeah, I'm like, is this blacklight retribution? I was about to say that. 
I get a serious question though. Um, well, no, it was it was more um, realistic. They they mentioned the actual technology it's based on. I'm just saying. The only thing that kind of sounds interesting is I read Activision said something about the the campaign in the game is going to have um, like a a a branch like. Uh, Action. Like if you fail, yeah. it actually happens in the game, kind of makes no, no, it more like a like role-playing experience? It says, like, if you lose a, le- a mission, um, the game isn't over. It's just things change based on the fact that you lost yeah, a mission. Yeah, like, if you don't save, you know, I don't know, this certain person, they're not in the game anymore. Right. Like, if I'm on this mission I and I gotta, and I have to save this person and I don't save it, it's not like, oh, retry it. Um, okay, that person's well, dead. They're kind of taking from, you know, Mass Effect and these Bioware RPGs. Well, I kind of like something RPGs. like that. I think it's a great idea. Same here. But games like should that work idea. that way. It shouldn't be an action, this is my objective, I must get to this objective to, to continue the story progression. It's, this is my obje- objective, if I don't do it, what happens afterwards? I'm, I'm um, more honestly interested in what happens in the multiplayer, because... That's the thing, though. I was going to say it. That's great, but nobody really cares about Call of Duty's campaign, really. Some people are interested, but in my opinion, when you talk about Call of Duty, you're talking the multiplayer experience. And to me, unless they really change some of the core multiplayer experience, I'm not going to be interested. Well, I mean, I know everybody loves Infinity Ward, but I really like Treyarch's games. And everybody looked at me weird when I said I liked World at War. And they said, how could you like it? I said, I wasn't tired of World War II shooters, and... It was really solidly made. If you look past the World War II stuff, there was a bunch of maps that were really well made. Um, you know, that they seemed to care more. Um, and you've seen it with Black Ops a lot. They they really cared about the community. What were you saying, Chris? That's actually the first game where you saw the attack dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I, I, I just, I noticed that, um, Treyarch seems to push more for the community. And I heard them mention competitive, you know, hardcore gamers, uh, the community, repeatedly. And they mentioned YouTubers and stuff. Um, if you pay attention, Infinity Ward never mentioned any of that. They never paid attention to the esports, comp scene. And you Hell, they, they you didn't even put not, land in that game. I was going to say. Modern Warfare 3. Exactly. Was, if it, they were paying that much attention to competitive gaming, they would have had land accessibility. If you can't land network, how the hell do you do competitive game? I, it's, it's more than just hopping on Xbox Live and playing. Some people want to be able to sit, go to a land party and they play care, this game. They specifically care about the casual gamer giving his $60 every year. That's who Infinity Ward cares about. They care about breaking sales records and being on the front page of everything. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think Treyarch does try to do the best they can, but at the same time, both developers are really at the beck and call of Activision. When it really comes down to it, Activision's got him by the throat and just says, finish the game on time. I, I just like care. Activision. I'm going to be honest. I just like Activision. Activision once, like one every year now? Or something yeah, like it's that. every other year. Each de- each development team gets like two years for each game. Yeah, basically, Infinity Ward releases MW3, and then the next year, now Treyarch Black Ops the 2 comes years, out. Infinity Ward gets the odd ones. That's pretty much I how gotta be honest. To me, it feels just to me. It still feels like Modern Warfare Three just came out. I mean, I don't know. See, I feel well, like MW Three well, I mean, is just. Well, the game doesn't come out in November, but I mean, 
I don't know. I just think MW3 was a skin and, like, uh, an expansion pack of MW2. Black Ops felt like it was a whole other game. It felt like it was pushing on something new and, you know. I mean. They tried to change everything. If you look at MW3 and MW2, you literally, the changes are the maps and the weapons. And the killstreaks, which are just, ugh. Even in the finer details of the Treyarch games, you can see the difference. You can see Treyarch puts more detail into even the menu UI system. When you look at the menu I system... I like the menu so much better. They made a beautiful theater mode. I'm just... I'm going to say it again. And MW3 felt like an expansion pack of MW2. Black Ops felt like it was its own game. And speaking of expansion packs, uh, the BF3 trailer um, for Close Quarters came out last week. Yes, it did. They only charge fifteen dollars for their expansion packs. <laughs> Not <for> sixty. <laughs> yeah, um, man, I still wanted to talk about Black Ops and the future. Yeah, yeah. The BS3 Close Quarters map pack looks really great, and it's not just a map pack either. They're adding new weapons with this expansion. Uh, I think I saw an ACR somewhere in there. Um, there was a sniper that you could get collateral kills with. You know, that was awesome. There was a shotgun. There was an MP5K, which I don't care for because I have the MP5 Navy. But the biggest deal in the game is definitely the fact that now it's changing the overall battlefield experience. No vehicles. Uh, Close quarters, no vehicles, inside buildings, big open corridors. But you know the corridors I mean? aren't as open as you think. That That's another... I, I kind of messed up there. But, you know, it's rooms, it's flanking inside of a building, It's it's different. It's the whole vertical combat where somebody could be on the floor above you and you're shooting at them, they jump down, you know, stuff like that. You know, the things I remember in the days when I used to play Halo. Um, Exactly. Just that whole kind of arena feel. But it's still, it's Battlefield, so it's tactical. It's, you have to be smart, you have to think about things. Teammates calling out stuff. The, you know, know, the LMG gunners. Yes, they're holding down a hallway, but they need to be covered from their flank. You know... But the thing I love about it is it's all self, it's all destructible. So instead of just running into a room that I know a guy's camping in, I'll, I can blow up the walls and start shooting him. I mean, I love Battlefield so much. I mean, you really can th- think these things through. You know, you're talking about your team. You're running into a room. You go left. The guy goes right. That goes. That, you know, you're really. I, I love the part of the trailer where um, they're in this like big open hall, and the guys are on like the top floor of this atrium. And they're mm-hmm. gunfighting with the people in the bottom, and the bottom are trying to cap something. And you see all of the concrete from the walls and the guardrails exploding from the gunfire. It's like yeah, that, was... that is just stuff that that just proves the superiority in the Frostbite 2.0 engine versus the IW 4.0 engine in Modern Warfare 3. It, um, it's Quake 3's engine. Just leave it there. That it's like ten years old. Okay. Chris, what was your thoughts on the uh, BF3 trailer? Um, like you were saying about the concrete blowing up and all, like all those details, that really means a lot to me when you see it in a game because they thought like, well, if you shoot the concrete, it's gonna blow up, so put that in there, and some guy had to sit there and program it and do it. So I love to see that. Um, uh, I also want to see like I can't wait to see. SWAT tactics in Battlefield. Oh, they're going to be there. I just imagined that... Yeah, that would just be... Because you guys are saying about the hallways and blowing yeah, up I mean, I, and all that. I could just imagine, just the same way, like, I mean, me and Alex play on this in the same clan, so 
our clan has certain, like, you know, if a guy's in a tank, then an engineer has to tag along. And, you know, and then we need a medic, too, in the area. You know, so each player has a supporting role that they play, including the support gunner who has an LMG. But when you go into close quarters combat now, now, you know, the engineer's got a shotgun, you know? And exactly. The engineer's job is literally demo. And, That's his and only job have, now. It'll be demo. And when you have a support gunner is got an LMG, but he's sitting down a long corridor just holding that corridor on his own. You know, maybe all he's got is a medic with him that's, that's you know... Really just suppressing fire while he's reloading or healing and, him or healing. Exactly. picking off people. Well, you know, and maybe, maybe you're a medic and you're tired of always being the guy to go after the tanks and stuff. Maybe you just... No, the engineer is the guy who goes after tanks most of the time. Um, sorry, that's what I meant. Engineer. Yeah, I mean, usually the engineer's job is to A, repair the vehicle, and B, blow up the enemy's vehicle. Um, so, but with, when you're playing with no vehicles and you're playing in a room, the engineer has, um, C4. So he can put the C4 on the door to blow it. Well, no, the, actually the, um, the support gunners have the C4. They yeah, would still right. have the RPGs, um, they'd have mines, et cetera, et cetera. That's right, that's right. Engineers have landmines. Honestly, I see support playing a huge role and the medics playing a huge role. Yeah, medics and support are really the biggest thing I can see in, um, which medic is assault class. Assault and support class is big. Recon in inside, I mean, it depends. Maybe in certain situations. But mostly, unless it, it, they add, unless they add another equipment, um, de- like know. device for recon, something I, like. I'll tell you what, I do see a lot of those SMGs that don't get used, like the, um, like the PP-19 and the uh, the UMP-45 that are open to I all can see classes. myself using that. I see a even, lot of people um, using those. Even the engineer's default class on the Russian side, uh, the default um, gun on the Russian side, which is the, the 40 I think the AK-47U, the would actually be uh, yeah. 74U, would actually be much more useful in close quarter situations like that because it has a pretty high rate of fire. Yeah, um, because it's 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 CQB weapon. Exactly. All those weapons that have no use in the big open, you know, Caspian border. What have fam- use here? I can actually see myself using the Famous in this situation because of its high rate of fire. Be uh, really and useful a- there. And I see like a lot that. of what um, what happened in the in the during practice today, um, where it was me, uh, Sonic, and two other guys in the ticket booth on Operation Metro, mm-hmm. holding the four do- four sides down. You know. Right. I'm raising people as they're getting down. The support gunner's holding down one door, keeping everybody fed with ammo. The sniper's picking off everyone and scaring the hell out of everyone. Because mm-hmm. Swoop was just... Sniper. Or, excuse me, Sonic was just tearing the other team's morale apart. <laughs> people stopped going on his side. Sonic is a vicious sniper. He really is. And he and he doesn't gonna, think he is. That's the best part of it. What's going to happen to the sniper in close quarters? What's going to happen to the sniper in Long hallways, vertical Open corridors. You know, Ver- exactly vertical. There's there's space for a sniper. It's just not eight hundred yards away. It's just different. It's not yeah. the same kind of sniper. It's a skilled sniper. It's a marksman. It also you have to be a lot more uh, stealthy too when it's when it's yeah, close. You have forward. to be really. You have to be. That's why I'd like sniper. to see a silenced auto sniper, where yeah, you could just pl- nice. where you could just pluck a couple guys off and just walk away. You know, crawl away, like a little away. semi-auto action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the SVD and like the uh, you know those will and the Mark Eleven will see their use now. 
Yeah. But can um, you put suppressors on those? I, yes. I don't know. I haven't. Yes, you have to I unlock have them. Actual, you have to get a ton of kills. But I do not use the recon class enough to unlock anything for them. Well, because <laughs> the the, uh, the semi-autos are garbage for most cases. Yeah, Took I mean, honestly, currently in, in Battlefield, if you really want to snipe, you need a bolt action. But in close quarters, though, I can see an auto sniper actually being the better choice. All right, well, I think we're getting close to closing because we're on, like, 44 minutes here. Um, okay. Anybody have any points? Chris, you have any points you want to leave off with? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly how destructible the maps are going to be, but I could just see the like your RPGs totally changing everything. Um, basically, any wall just that's connected out. to another room is pretty much destructible. Yeah. I think they, they are actually doing even more destructible environments in these maps than in previous maps on the big ones, even though the environments are pretty destructible as they are. One of the other maps is like uh, is like an office building, which looks uh-huh. like it'll be amazing. It's a night office building. If it's anything like CS Office and Counter-Strike Source, then I'm all for it. It's <laughs> going to be dark. There's like, going to be lots of lighting effects. Flickering I'm you what, and stuff like that. I'm really happy I have a nice graphics card. What would you say, Chris? Yeah, me too. Are you saying it's going to be like in cubicles? And stuff like that? Yeah. That kind of Hall, um, small hallways, cubicles, uh, like a cafeteria in there. Blow up, every, blow up all the cubicles. I just can't wait for all the tipped over tables and the yeah. broken walls and the flickering lights and stuff. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, PC that's, that's what I want to play. That's, yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking of games, um, you know, to close, what are you guys going to be playing this week? I'm going to be playing BF3. I'm going to be playing... Um, probably some Blacklight, um, some more Saints Row with probably you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, uh, I'll probably be playing some Saints Row the Third, a lot of BF3, of course. Maybe I'll put in some Portal 2 in there. I haven't got a chance to finish that game, so maybe I'll try to finish it this week. Uh, what about you, Chris? What are you going to be playing? Uh, I might try to get my hands on The Witcher 2. And if not that, I'm going to play Fallout 3. All right, bring it back old school. And we're back. Sorry about that, guys. We had some technical difficulties. But um, other than that, uh, I think pretty good podcast all in all. Next week, though, we're going to have a really good one. We're going to be talking about... We're going to have actually a special uh, for comic books as a tribute to the whole Avengers release. We're going to be talking about you know comic books and comic book video games and movies and stuff like that. Uh, I'm also probably going to give you my quick rundown on what I, how I think, uh, what I think about the uh, Avengers movie, because I will be seeing it. Uh, other than that, uh, if you want to uh, talk to us or you know hit us up with any questions, you can hit um, Alex at d- underscore DJ Alexander. Or, I'm sorry, DJ underscore Alexander, uh, or um, Chris at at N Seven Chris, and I'm. Uh, Donnie underscore shy on Twitter. Uh, we are. You can just put hashtag be a real gamer. So uh, yeah, have Maybe a good week. Questions for next week. Questions for next week. What do you mean? Oh yeah, how we're going to have a hashtag. We're going to ask questions for next week. Why is that hurting my brain? <laughs> oh man. Apparently, I'm not coming up on this one. So just you know, mention what I just said. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know you can shoot us uh, any questions you want to be answered on air next week, just by um, you know putting hashtag be a real gamer with your question. 